What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of No Reserves Radio. I am Angelo, and I apparently has got some splaining to do. So, last Thursday, we did not drop an episode for the basketball pod, and that is because Ren and Austin were both actually sick. Um, so the football episodes last week where they were on was the last episodes they've appeared on. I'm sure we'll be back next week or the following week with the basketball and everything will be fine. I am also announcing some changes to the format of this because Alex and I both discussed it. And while, you know, talking about every game ad nauseum is fun, it's also very like, restrictive as far as the content you can make and it's actually the main reason when alex suggested these changes that i was on board with it because we can make different and new content consistently with these changes and i'm gonna have alex go through it because he's mr spreadsheets (laughs) hey how's it going guys welcome back to another episode yeah as angela was saying yeah i I've been thinking about that and I think we can we can introduce new content and like we're at the point where we like to talk about football but we have two different episodes one for fantasy one for like in real life football and there's a point in which we're basically like repeating ourselves because we just review the games once for like in real life stories of football and then the second time in the, the other episode we just reviewed for fantasy football so I think it's much more dynamic if we introduce some changes here in this in this like podcast for in real life football and one of the the things that i actually wanted to introduce it's a power ranking a weekly power ranking a top 10 teams of inside the nfl so that will be coming next week i mean and we'll just introduce new content as the week goes along we will still review the games but we will do it on a much broader way so we won't focus on every single game and go one by one. We will just basically talk about the major storylines from the week, and then we can introduce a story or two from set, from like the games that aren't as, as talked about. And that frees us up some more time to talk about other things that we want to do. Plus, Alex is tired of talking about how he's always wrong. This week... Yeah, I am. Now that you've mentioned and it. And week one. <laughs> and week one. Week two, I did fine. But yeah, now that you mention it so far, I mean, we are recording this on a Monday prior to the Monday night football game. So it's Monday, September 25th. And as of right now, I am 6-8 and eight on the week. Angelo is 12-2. and two. There was a point in which Angelo, I believe, was 10-0. and, 10 and 0. So, yeah, I believe he got every single early game right. He got the Thursday night football game right. And he got the Monday night football game right. And then, like, in the afternoon, he went one and two. Yeah, so great so, week by him. And overall... What did I tell I you believe- last week? What did I tell you last week? I told you that I was under the impression that predicting the winners of the games was what was being counted. And I was wrong on that. It wasn't the winners of the game. It was the winners of the games in the spread. So I had to make a mental adjustment and have a week of mental preparedness for that. And you see the results. So, you know, 
Alex, congratulations. You had a weak advantage. You took advantage of it, you know, but it party's over, buddy. Well, overall, I'm 24 and 22, and you're 28 and 18. I mean, I can technically over, go to 26 and 22, and you'll be 28 and 20 if I get both Monday Night Football games right, because we're on opposite ends. I am on the Eagles, and the uh, Eagles minus five, and the Rams plus one and a half. And you're on the Bucks plus five, and Cincinnati minus one and a half. So we shall see how those go. We will give the update tomorrow. But I guess we can down. just jump straight into the week now. Yes, that is next week. This week is going to be regularly scheduled programming, our last one. So if you enjoy it, enjoy it. Yeah. And I guess there's plenty to talk about. I mean, there's a few games that made the news. <laughs> some for sir for like some famous pop stars being in the, in the stands. Others Taylor because Swift, of their baby. <laughs> Taylor Swift being like the center of the of the attentions in one of the football games was pretty fun to me. But I guess that's that's what we have in the NFL. Some games because the scoring went completely bananas. So yeah. I guess we can just jump straight into the one of the best games of the week, the Thursday night football game. What a showing. Not. <laughs> so, I will say, because we did preseason predictions, and one of my predictions, to, I'll give them both, because they both sh- shone through, which was the 49, basically always picking the 49ers to dominate and picking Miami to be the one seed in the AFC. So far, both those predictions have come to pass. It's 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 just obvious. It's obvious that Miami, as, as long as Tua is healthy, Miami has so much overwhelming speed and talent on the offensive side of the ball that like teams are just going to struggle to keep up. There are less than a handful of coaches and teams with the personnel to defend the Miami Dolphins and the Patriots are one of them. So speaking of, of the Dolphins, I did have this one stat that was tweeted out by Underdog NFL. So far the fastest plays in the NFL uh per next gen stats throughout three weeks. No no uh the players went fastest so far through three weeks. The top six one is Tyreek Hill in week three. He reached the speed of twenty two point one miles per hour. Second Devon A. Chain, 21, 21.9 miles per hour in week three. Third, Tyreek Hill. I guess you can you can see where this is going. Going 21.7 miles per hour in week one. Raheem Mostert is fourth, 21.6 miles per hour in week two. Fifth is Tyreek, 21.5 miles per hour. And Devon A. Chain is sixth, 21.5 miles per hour. So the top six fastest players so far in the NFL, the ones that reached the, the highest speed so far, all dolphins. Yeah, no, that spoiler alert. That was obvious. Yeah. <laughs> <It's>, I <laughs> like, mean, if spoiler alert, if we had to do a power ranking today, I mean, I think the dolphins are far and above the best team in the league right now. No. You don't think the Miami Dolphins are the best team in the league? Forty ers Nope. Uh I mean, I guess since we're in the game I, I can talk about this because I usually watch Red Zone for most of the weekend, but I can focus more on the on the primetime games. So I watched, I believe, all of this game, or I just missed like the fourth quarter, and then I, I rewatched it the next day. Mm-hmm. My main takeaway 
is that Purdy is really lucky, man. I have to say, like Purdy is. I mean, I will say, last season he did throw a lot of very interceptable balls that just did not get intercepted, and it seems twelve. like that's. Yeah, it seems it, like that's not twelve really changing. Yeah, I mean, it it threw so. twelve interceptable balls in nine games, and he had. I believe, like the average, if you project that to 17, that's about 22, which would rank top 10 in the league. And in danger plays, I believe if you project the numbers that he had in nine games to 17, it would be top 10 as well because he would have over 30 danger plays. And what I saw Thursday was basically like a repeat of that. I mean, I, I was in a few group chats, and I mean, I like there were three or four throws that where I basically just said, "Damn, Purdy's really lucky because." Either Kittle batted it down, or the DB didn't make the right play on the ball, but had the chance to. I mean, there were three or four balls there that should have really been intercepted, but he, I mean, he's taking risks. And I mean, so far he hasn't been punished for those, but I would be shocked if some regression isn't coming here to the mean. Because he plays really aggressive. And there's no point to in the San Francisco offense. No, I generally agree with that. But the San, the San Francisco offense doesn't need an elite quarterback. They have so much talent around it and a good offensive line that as long as you can, you know, just get the ball to the dude, the dude will do the rest. And, and that's just essentially I mean, what Brock Hardy does. That's my point. I mean, the offense is so good. It has so many pieces. You don't need to do too much. But Purdy's trying to do too much. And I mean, those balls will eventually get picked unless he's like the luckiest QB in the NFL ever and he's the complete outlier, which, I mean, so far he has been. I mean, he's Mr. Irrelevant and he's playing pretty good. And I, I'm not saying that he plays bad or that he's, he's terrible and shouldn't, shouldn't get his roses. But I mean, right. there's something to worry about here. I don't think, like, we have seen the full scope of what Birdie, uh, what Purdy can, can, like... If things go south, I think it will really go south with Birdie. But I mean, so far he has been doing well, so I think I, I you can just label me a hater, I guess. But I, there were some plays there where I was really, really surprised that they, they were intercepted. I mean, yeah, but you, that's who Purdy is. That's what you sign up for, essentially, so... I'm not really concerned too much about that. San Francisco will be fine. The defense is amazing and like no. They're they're far and away just gonna dominate everyone. That's kind of that's kinda of where yeah. I'm at. <laughs> I guess you don't really need to talk about the Giants here because we kind of expected them to get clobbered and they were clobbered. So. Didn't you pick them to to cover the spread? No, no. I was mostly on favorites this week. We both had San Francisco oh. minus 10. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The few underdogs that I picked didn't do great. Yeah, I mean, for the Giants, there's not really much to talk about. I mean, the offense without Barkley, it's terrible. They still don't have, like, one true, like, wide receiver jumping out of the bunch. It's still a random mix of guys. I think Hyatt should play much more. I wasn't big on Hyatt out of college because I don't usually like players from schemes like Tennessee. But I mean he should mm-hmm. probably be the guy who plays the most out of all of this this fellas outside of like Darren Waller, but he's a tight end. But it's a mess. The wide receiving core is a mess. Did I tell you? 
What did I tell you? You On didn't mic. listen to me. You didn't Daniel listen to Jones me. Daniel Jones is kidding. I, I told it's you. getting crazy pressure. I told you, Darren Waller, it's not going to be as good. You don't just have two bad seasons in a row and then just go back to relevancy at your age 31 season. That is not common. That is an outlier. And everyone who was saying that he's about to have an amazing... You're crazy. You're you're watching with rose-tinted glasses. Like, it's it's to, not happening. To be fair, I don't really think that's fair on Waller because I don't think it's a Waller problem. It's a Giants offense problem because... Like, Waller, from what I'm seeing, is doing well. I mean, he's, been, he's playing, like, his prime self. The injuries hasn't, hasn't, haven't really taken a toll. I mean, he has been nursing the hamstring, but I believe he says that it's completely manageable so far, and he hasn't really missed any, any significant time in games. He just missed, like, the random vet, veterans they practice. Uh, but, like, there's a, it's impossible to do anything in this offense with the online, the online play that they are getting. Jones is getting pressure, like, in an instant. I mean nanoseconds type of stuff there were there were sacks in there that like there was a snap and he had like one nan- nanosecond to, to pass the ball and he just got completely bull rushed i believe it was one play where javon argrave got the sack i mean there's no time to do anything you can't develop routes you can't make reads because the pressure is there all the time they are now also without andrew thomas i believe they're starting tackle i mean it's not good, and I'm not sure if it's getting any good, even if they get the tackles and the, the rest of the offensive line back healthy. But I, I wouldn't really put it on Waller alone. I think it's more of a, like, the whole team can't run an offense because there's absolutely no way you can run an offense that way. Yeah, I mean, could be right. But, yeah, I mean, we have been talking way too much about a blowout here, so... I guess we can just jump in straight to the next one, which I guess it's another blowout. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. (laughs) I I was asked what happened. (laughs) I'm not sure if you saw in one of our (laughs) fantasy chats. But, yeah, I mean. No, what what happened in the fantasy chat? That someone admitted I was right? The Atlanta Falcons have a a lot of nice fancy pieces, but no one to get them the ball? Nah, just... One dude that you probably will know who I'm talking about who who said I thought the, the Falcons were supposed to be great. <laughs> my answer my answer was just yeah, I mean <laughs> the the Lions are better, so The Lions are better. <laughs> There's not really much to say here. I mean I guess the they get exposed. I guess they get exposed because like really they have shown that um unless they can like keep the games closed and be able to establish the run. I think when those scenarios happen, I think they're a pretty good team, but they have been exposed that they can play from behind, basically. And I think that's where Heineke would come in. No crap, Alex! I could have told you that! (laughs) Yeah, what? it's it's not great. Spoiler Spoiler alert! The team without a quarterback that can push the ball down the field is very bad at playing from behind. I mean, I have seen plenty of Ritter so far. Ritter looks completely awful. He looks as bad as I thought he would be out of college. So then, why did you like him? You let's let's remind the listeners at home. This is Alex's NFC South division winner pick. They are still tied for first, aren't they? 
They might be because the Saints lost the Buck. Uh. Yeah, and they lost their QB. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll talk about that later. But I mean, boy went down. What What I saw on the Falcons is basically like I like the team, I like the head coach, and I thought whoever they would put at QB wouldn't matter really because they would be You're able wrong. to establish the run game. And yeah, they are missing that part. I mean, You're I think wrong. they should go to Ineki sooner rather than later. Or maybe throw an Elmery and go try Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins? What's Kirk Cousins going to do for them this year? I mean, Kirk Cousins is playing pretty well. He's just on the vibe. I'm saying he's playing for Minnesota, so what's he going to do for them this year? Yeah, if they go trade for him. You want them to trade for Kirk Cousins? Why wouldn't I? <laughs> Kirk Cousins is currently le- leading the league in passing, I believe, so... Because, okay, we'll get into that when we get into Minnesota, but, you know, this is just great. I got to see the Falcons, quote-unquote, offense on display. It was great. They got demolished. Detroit's defense definitely looks better from last season, which I also called. And, yeah, not, not good. How to beat my the Falcons? For, get us get a lead. Yeah, I mean, but my pick for rookie tight end one is doing pretty well. Sam Laporta, eleven yeah, targets, eight catches. He's doing bits right now. Yeah. You have a great. I mean, did you see that deep ball? Yeah, I mean, dude was completely wide open. I I'm not sure what happened there in that play. I should mention that, like for for like the first half of all of these morning games, I was actually on a trip back home, so I was sort of watching it. Was mostly hearing it while I was arriving, and then like the second half, I I would be able to watch it fully. But yeah, I saw that play, and I mean, pretty darn good. I mean, he's he's a real one. I think Laporte is pretty good. He is as advertised. No, I can't but yeah. tell. The Falcons, the I mean. The Falcons, I mean. You sort of just have to be able to keep the games closed. And to be frank, they will have plenty of opportunity to do so because, again, they have one of the easiest schedule, if not the easiest schedule in the league this, this year. But yeah, if those games aren't closed, I mean, they have trouble keeping up. If the yeah. defense is playing well, it is. But yeah, I guess we can just talk about the next game since we said we would be talking about the Vikings. Well, here it is. <laughs> the Chargers beat the Vikings 28-24 in what's probably the game of the week and sort of like most expanse and more like back and forth stuff. I believe that's probably one of the best games of the week so far. And like I was, I was mentioning this to you before we we started recording. But there was one point in that game down in the fourth quarter where I basically just started taking notes as to why Brandon Staley should be fired. <laughs> and <laughs> because like I was pretty certain that they were going to lose that game because it's the Chargers, and they ended up winning. But I guess I can still say my points. But I'll probably let you talk first about this game. I don't really have much to say, honestly. The ch- I, I, 
picked the Chargers for a third straight week, and they finally decided not to break my heart. I pit made that selection fully expecting Minnesota to just pass all over them, and that kind of happened. But honestly, it's kind of hard to pick a team who can't run the football. I understand like if you're pass-heavy, but if you're completely unable to do like half the offense, Minnesota's going to struggle all year round. To be frank, they did have over 100 yards of rushing offense. Madison was okay. He had 20 carries for 93 yards. So. Yeah. It's it's the first like positive sign that they got. I guess we can also say that Mike Williams news came out this this afternoon that he would be out of the season mm-hmm. with an ACL tear. So yeah, Quinton Johnston, Troopers, Unite. You have your guy now. <laughs> Let me see what he can do because Joshua Palmer is pretty clearly playing above him right now. We'll see. I, listen, calling me a Quentin Johnston fan is pretty unfair because I didn't, I didn't like draft him anywhere in fantasy, and I definitely am not like the biggest fan. All I'm saying is, I'm saying to on, our audience, he's saying he has opportunity. That's all I'm saying. The man has opportunity. That, that yeah. that's my whole thing. It's not. It's not anything else. Yeah. I I do I do have to to read my notes here because, like, <laughs> I was watching this and I was pretty sure this would be a regular Chargers game with their basically blew it. So yeah, on fourth and short, down twenty one ten late. Uh, so the Vikings were down twenty one ten late. The Chargers mm-hmm. allow a thirty thirty plus passing touchdown to KJ Osborne. Completely blown coverage. So let's remind our audience that uh, Stanley is a defense was a former defensive coordinator for the Rams before he became the, the head coach, and he's mostly a defensive coach. So yeah, after that, completely blown coverage by a guy who should be like preaching defense and so on. Second and fourteen, the Vikings are down twenty-one seventeen. Stanley defense is allowed a fifty-two yard touchdown to Justin Jefferson on a broken play with the Vikings in the lead. And after that, less than a minute left, third and 11, uh, there's a pass to Hawkinson, I believe. Uh, incomplete pass. Uh, it would put the, the Vikings Hello? down in a fourth and 11. And it's illegal contact on the defense. Gives them a fresh set of downs. And yeah, fourth and fifth, uh, 40 seconds left on the clock. The defense allows a conversion to Hawkinson. My main takeaway is that Stanley has to go. But then, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Kurt Cousins, like, I, I don't know what happened, like, after this conversion of a fourth and fifth, fourth and five, um, they basically, like, there's 40 seconds left on the clock, and they don't run a play until there's, like, 18 seconds on the clock, I believe. They don't clock the play. They don't do anything of sorts. And the, the, the offense is completely like lost at what they're doing. And Cousin just throws an interception. So I guess he gets to keep his job another day. But I mean, this is a completely... <sighs> I don't know what to tell you, man. The Chargers were, were really looking forward to losing this game, I believe. Because... <laughs> the Chargers are really looking forward to losing this game. <laughs> It's just that they were playing the Vikings, so I guess the Vikings weren't too keen on winning either, so... This guy... I don't know, man. What I saw there 
in like critical downs, critical moments in the game. The defense is a mess, man, and he's supposed to be a defensive guy. He first he was like complaining about not having his guys. Now the team is fully molded around him, and he has all of his personnel now. And the defense still sucks, especially on key downs. They are allowing they are allowing completions. They are allowing big gains. They are allowing, uh, allowing touchdowns when they need to at least stop the offense, play deep, like just take time off the clock. And no, I mean, the defense is a mess, but I mean, Justin Herbert did well, and the offense is doing good with Callum Moore at the helm. The Vikings' defense is a complete mess. But yeah, I mean, I don't know how many more of these games that the Chargers can win, and if they have lost this one, I'm pretty sure Stanley would have, would have, <laughs> wouldn't be the head coach anymore, but it didn't happen, so. Like, I, I don't know, man. Like, it's... I mean, I guess the... The Chargers are going to charge her, but apparently the Vikings can do it better. Yeah, and I mean, I believe teams who are starting going three have a really, really slow, slim chance of making the playoffs. That's why I mentioned a potential trade for Cousins. I don't anticipate it. I don't think Cousins is going anywhere. But, I mean, I've seen plenty of people talk about it on Twitter. That it's probably time to cut to cut your losses and move Cousins before he, he might leave by end of the season to, to another team. I could see it. Yeah. The thing is, like, the Vikings aren't the bad team. They are, they are completely terrible defense. But the offense is doing well. I mean... I've seen like one stat, I believe, if not mistaken. Yeah, that says Kirk Cousins 17 game pass. This is from Alex Chorus on Twitter. Kirk Cousins 17 game pass pace. It's 782 pass attempts, which is an NFL record. 6,091 passing yards, which is an NFL record, and 51 passing TDs, which would be second all time. All of that for an 0-17 team record. That's pretty bad. Oh, that's really bad. Yeah, that tells you all about the defenses. The defense is terrible, dude. I believe they blitzed Herbert on 40 of his 50 dropbacks. The second highest blitz rate 40 in a game. of his 50 dropbacks? Yes, and Herbert still averaged 2.26 seconds of time to throw and had the career high plus 16.0 CPOA. That is crazy. Yeah. Pressured on 40 of his 50 dropbacks, he completed 40 passes for 405 yards and 3 touchdowns. He had 70 completions the whole game. Even when trying to get pressure, the defense is terrible because the secondary is terrible. The linebacker core isn't great either. And if you're throwing all of of those bodies into pressure, the defense will, will just be lacking somewhere else, so... Yeah, it's it's not great, to say the oh. least. But yeah, Chargers move oh. one and two, and the Vikings are now zero and three. I guess we can just skip to the next game, which is <laughs> this is gonna be great because this cry, is basically, this is basically like Angelo, you were right. Angelo, you were right. Angelo, you were right. What's up? To, to be fair, on this one, <laughs> I, 
bad beat here, I believe, for me because I had the Chargers minus two. You had the Saints plus two. Mm -hmm. And the game is Packers 18, Saints 17. Which is... Okay, I guess. Unfortunate, ain't it? You picked the, yeah, I mean... you picked the winner, but you didn't... And that's what I was talking about, adjusting your... Yeah. And I mean, what a game. I mean, I don't know, man. Like, the Saints defense has been doing well. And then, like, out of nowhere... They are up like 17 0 for most of the game. Yep. They are up 17 and 3 when uh, Justin Jordan Justin, Love happens. Jordan Love, yeah. Jordan <laughs> Love has the rushing touchdown with seven minutes left on the clock. And then they just completely implode because Carr goes down. I believe he's reported to have gone to the hospital afterwards. Shoulder injury, I believe they are reporting it. But they don't think it's. It's like worst case scenario, so he's week by week right now. Jameis Winston, I mean, I don't know, man. Jameis Winston, the Jameis Winston things. The game was actually like Jameis Winston. Not... Yeah, Jameis Winston came in. I believe he's the backup to Derek Carr. Oh, for the Saints, for the Carr. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The game is like the game was a one point game. It probably shouldn't have been as close because I believe Rashid Shaheed. Had a kick return or a punt return for, for a touchdown. touchdown. Yeah. yeah. And then you have like Jimmy Graham having a touchdown. What a throwback. I was, this was one of the touchdowns that happened when I, while I was driving. And when the announcer said, Jimmy Graham, I would, what Jimmy Graham? <laughs> I was pretty good. <laughs> you must have been so sad. <laughs> yeah, I was Out. looking for all of it, but okay. Alex Alex took a time machine and he went back to like 2005 and Jimmy Graham caught a touchdown. <laughs> I was really confused because I know that Jimmy Graham signed in the offseason, but I thought it was like on a practice squad. I didn't expect him to be active. But then I realized, I believe, like it was Foster Monroe, I believe, was inactive. I'm not sure if it's an injury or what. But yeah, that's probably why he played. But he had one target, one reception, eight yards and a touchdown. Okay. <laughs> Chris Olave had another like completely crazy catch. So did Jaden Reed, I believe. But yeah. Just a weird game, but yeah, Jordan Love happened. And he still, I mean, he did, didn't have David Bakhtiari, he didn't have Aaron Jones, he didn't have El Elton Jenkins, and he didn't have Christian Watkins. Still they won. Yeah. Impressive. Which by the way. Christian Watson has been unfortunate because if you either drafted Christian Watson in fantasy or you just have stock in the Packers like I do, Christian Watson hasn't played this whole season. And it's really, really tough because hamstring injuries are just so, so hard. It's just yeah. it's just you're either good or you're not. There's no in between. They are taking their sweet time with them, though. And, like, the Packers are usually one of the most conservative teams, like, medical teams-wise. When getting oh, yeah, players sure. back. So I do believe he might be on track to play, though, next week, which well, is a good. Thursday night football game. I believe him and Aaron Jones were, were I believe if like a practice happened today, they would be uh, limited in practice. But all signs point towards both being available for Thursday night football. We will give more updates as the week goes. But yeah. When they are back, and I have Christian Watson in, I believe, three or four dynasty leagues, 
when they are back, I think this this offense will be much much better. I think when Christian Watson specifically is back, the offense will will soar. And then like you have the whole line who can can be back healthy, like two two fifths of their own line is is hurt right now. And you have Rashawn Gary coming back to form. He had two three sacks, I believe, this game. Yeah. Pretty good game for the Packers, and I believe they are tied for the division lead with the, the Vikings, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I mean with the the Lions, the Lions, my bad. Not the Vikings yeah. Lions, yeah. But yeah. I mean that that I like I said, that was the debate. The debate for me was Packers or Lions. The Bears and the Vikings never entered the conversation for me. That's that's just how it was. Never forget someone out there had the the Bears winning nine games. Never forget. Mm. Hmm. Never forget. We know who it was. But okay. <laughs> yeah. Packers win. Packers are good. Didn't Jordan Love didn't have the best of games? But I mean, no, when especially it mattered, at the start. Yeah, but I mean, when it mattered, he showed up and he did well. So props to him. Still young, still soon in his career. Doesn't I will... have like most of his weapons, and he's doing See, well. Here's here's the thing as well, because I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about fantasy because a lot of times I heard Matt Kelly talking about how like it's really obvious that the packers are in a transitionary period where they're just waiting for Jordan Love to fail and then they'll get the right guy like and it seemed like at least in my circles that group thing permeated through every draft i was in through every conversation i had about the packers and i i just don't see where that came from and it's really the power of like if you have a following how that can influence narrative and people's opinion. Because to me, it was fairly obvious. Oh no, the Packers are one of the better rosters in the NFL. And Jordan Love is in a situation to succeed. He just has to not be tragic. And I didn't believe sitting for three years, he'd be tragic. Even if he was when he was drafted, there had to have been some progress. And I mean, one thing with this offense that it's, it's really like, I wouldn't say basic, but it doesn't require you to do a whole lot like Aaron Rodgers tried to do last year. If you yeah. follow the game plan, if you follow the place being called, which Jordan Love has for most of the, the calls so far, it's yeah. an efficient and offense. Changes, experience. And like, it won't be like a crazy numbers type of offense. You won't have him like throw for like 40, 30, 30 something, 40 touchdowns in a year. But it's an efficient offense and it's a winning offense if you execute the game plan, a game plan which Aaron Rodgers wasn't doing last year. So yeah, as the season goes on, as the, the pieces get healthy, they now have Jaden Reed who's doing really well in, in Watson's absence and is really like developing yeah. into being a reliable wide receiver. And even as a rookie, Musgrave is always doing, is always also doing pretty well as the tight end, the rookie tight end. This this team will be a solid team. The roster is good all around. There's a few holes here and there, but overall the roster is pretty good. And I, they are still my pick to win the North. I I haven't seen anything from the Lions that makes me change my opinion here. So still right. the Packers for me. We're on the same page. Yeah, that's fair. So moving on from victory lapping on the Packers. 
to victory lap ah! in London, Houston Texans. <laughs> I told you, I knew, I knew, I just had to hang on. I had to hang on for dear hope. And boy, did the Texans ever deliver big! Uh, we will get to the to the Texans in one a bit, but should we be? Concerned? Are you ready? Are you ready to finally say C.J. Stroud? Because he has, from the start of the season till now, still C.J. Stroud has looked like a good starter. Not perfect, not amazing, not a world beater, but he's not terrible. He is a fine starter, and he has room to grow. Can you finally admit that? I mean, I believe last week I said everything he was doing on tape. It didn't wow me, but he was doing solid. He was doing better than I expected him to do because. I saw some like glaring weaknesses in his game uh, from OSU. Like most OSU guys have those weaknesses, which, which is the same things that I saw with Fields. And he's he's doing better than I expected him to do. I just didn't see anything to wow me because I thought it was mostly because he was playing versus soft coverages and so on. But I mean, this game he did pretty good. I mean, in 2023 so far in third down situations. CJ Stroud is first in TD to interception ratio, first in yards, first in completions, tied for first in passing touchdowns, tied for first in big pass plays, second in completion percentage, and second in passer rating. This is on third downs in 2023. So yeah, now Tank Dale is developing as a solid weapon, which is another guy that I didn't expect much from. I mean, I don't know. Should we we be thinking that the Texans are probably not one of the worst teams in the league? No, that is the Bears, and I have a lot to say when we get to talk to them about them. And should we be concerned about the Jaguars, or is this just like a divisional thing? So, here's the thing. I feel like if any head coach has, like, this shelf life of, like, he's good for so many years, then people generally figure him out. It's it's Doug Peterson. Because Doug Peterson seems to be really elite for, like, a two- or three-year stretch. People figure him out, then he gets fired. And I think we're approaching the then-he-gets-fired portion of the program. Uh, you think so? I mean, this would be the second year. I mean, he did wonders with Trevor Lawrence, and he, he got them to the playoffs last year. I would think he has a bit more leash here. And to be fair, like, with the Eagles, I don't think it was, like, the play that got him fired. I believe it was the locker room stuff, because either he was in favor of, of Hurts, and they wanted him to play Wentz, or he was in favor of Wentz, and they wanted to play Hurts. I am I'm not 100% sure what happened there, but I believe there was some turmoil in the locker room and that's what led to to him being fired as soon as he did after the Super Bowl. But I would think he has quite a bit more leash here. I mean, he played versus he lost versus one of the best teams in the league in the Chiefs. And yeah, and now I mean, it's a divisional matchup and the Texans usually give Jacksonville some trouble. This would... kind of trouble. I mean, yeah, not this kind of trouble. I would say, like, for fantasy, especially, if you have Trevor Lawrence. I'm not giving him the pink slip. I'm just saying it seems like he's on track for it. Yeah, I mean, the play isn't... Trevor Lawrence isn't playing great right now. 
And this is versus a Houston Texans defense that was really depleted. I believe they were also without Stingley now. And they still didn't play great. There were a few misses there. I believe I saw one where Calvin Ridley had to make the catch for a touchdown and he just didn't. It was a drop by him. But overall, yeah, I think the defense, the, the offense needs to improve. And I mean, the defense gave up some chunk plays. I believe there were two passes to Tank Dell. One went for 46 yards, I believe. And the other one went for what? It went for a massive gain as well. That's why he ended up with 145 yards. So yeah, Tank Dell, he impressed me. I mean, I certainly didn't expect small little Tank Dell to be posting up like 145 receiving yards and a touchdown in his third game in the NFL, but here we are. <laughs> yeah, I believe one was a 68-yard bomb and the other one was a 40-something type, a 46 bomb. So yeah. Impressive stuff. I was I was on the Jaguars. I thought it was this would be like a complete destruction of the Texans. You were on the other side and you got this one right. I mean, I don't have much to tell you apart from Stroud looked better this week than he did in weeks prior. But I'm not sure if I'm expecting it to continue. What do you think like the Texans would be right now? Would be a top what team for you? Are they like breaking that top 20 or is that too soon for you? As far as a roster goes, no, they're not. They're okay. a poorly constructed roster. But okay. as far as what they're performing, like I, I, I think saying they're performing like a top twenty roster is it's fair. It's it's borderline, very borderline, but fair. There are quite a few teams I think are in a lot worse spot right now than the Houston Texans. So, yeah, I mean. It didn't look great the first two weeks, but now they they managed to get some things going. See, see, I don't think I don't think it looked terrible though. I don't think it looked yeah, terrible. Yeah, but like the first two. on the defense, especially, it looked pretty bad. I mean, the they were like, and now I mean they they managed to lock up there. You know, they only allowed seventeen points. I mean, they allowed Trevor Lawrence two hundred and seventy nine yards. They allowed less or around one hundred yards rushing as well. I mean. Not terrible numbers. The defense improved, and I mean, it's D'Amico Ryans, who is like a defensive-minded head coach. He was the former defensive coordinator for the Niners last year. So maybe he's doing some magic there with the defense. I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm not sure how I would describe these Houston Texans. I certainly don't think they are this good, and it's probably just a divisional thing. But yeah, especially like for fantasy... I would say no, I, that, I, like, for, <laughs> I think actually, like, Tankdale would be a solid option moving forward because, like, he's getting the targets and they have to throw. Even when they were up, they were throwing the ball here. And I mean, for, but on the Jack side, Trevor Lawrence, if you have him in like one QB, is he like bench proof or is there you something? Have Trevor there? Lawrence? Yeah. Would you like be willing to bench him for waiver wire options or no? I not right now. I think you have to consider he's having a slow start. He had a slow start last season as well, if I'm not mistaken, and yeah. that 
they'll get back to where they were at the end of last season, which was a top 15 offense. You got to believe that if you're a Trevor Lawrence. Okay, that's fine. I guess we can jump on to a team that has no problem scoring right now. The Miami Dolphins. Score again. <laughs> it's like, was like, when I heard that this was a scary game, I was like, duh. How many teams scored 70? But okay, yeah, the, the Miami Dolphins win 70 to 20 versus the Denver Broncos. When I saw most of those touchdowns went to running backs, I was just like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> so Jalen Waddle went down, and they're just like, oh, oh, our fast, well, one of our fastest wide receivers went down. That's fine. We have a Raheem Moser and Devon A. Chain, and they're, by the way, just as fast, if not faster, and they're going to burn right by you, too. Okay, great. H N and Mostert combined stats uh, in that game were 42 touches, 375 total yards, and eight touchdowns. Just it, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's shocking like, numbers. Two is throwing no sh- no Luke shovel passes. I think I think I got a stat, and this this probably is for the fantasy show. But I mean, granted, we're changing anyway. But if you started the entire Miami offense and oh. just the Miami offense, you would have scored 200 fantasy points that week. And I was just like, yeah, it's over. It's over. Like the, the only thing stopping Miami is two going. That's it. Like they seem inevitable like the 49ers. Yeah. I mean, to a, in a game where they scored 70 to a through, through the ball 26 times. And he probably had like 400 yards too. Yeah, 309 yards and set yeah. four touchdowns. Oh, really? There was more rushing. I thought I thought those were passing touchdowns too. No, no. Uh, <laughs> he had four passing touchdowns. Mike White had one passing touchdown. Divine oh, yeah, 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 that's right. two rushing rushing touchdowns. Raheem Mostert had three rushing touchdowns, and then HN had another. Two receiving touchdowns and Mostert had another receiving touchdown. So yeah, pretty solid day. I mean, can we just talk about how good the coaching is for Miami too? Like, I mean, it's great. <laughs> I mean, let's 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 not forget that Miami before I'd say the last two three years were habitually viewed at as one of the basement teams, even though they were in one of the biggest markets and continual underachievers. Now they are the most explosive offense. I don't care that the Kansas city chiefs have Patrick Mahomes. The weapons in Miami are just more explosive. They're great to watch. They, they are like bad coaching away from blowing you out every game. If you don't think this team can make it to the end, then then you're telling me two has went down, because I don't I don't see how a healthy Dolphins isn't at least considered for Super Bowl contention. I mean, I don't see just, it. It's just such a creative play calling. I mean, I don't know, man. Mike Mike McDaniel's. I mean, it looks looks weird. I, I would say, yeah, not in a bad way, it but. Looks, it, yeah. it, <laughs> looks like it looks just like San Francisco, and it's great because they, just like San Francisco, have the tools. They have j- just get it to the guy, and the guy will do the rest. 
Yeah, I mean, it helps. And they have when like have... five of those guys. Yeah, when you have as many fast cats as they do. And just yeah. remember that, that at one point in time, the Washington, at that point, it was the Washington Redskins. They had Sean McVay, they had Kyle Shanahan, and they had Mike McDaniels, all in the coaching staff. And they were struggling to make 500. Uh, in that year, I believe it was the RG3 years, like early season, like the rookie season, I believe, of RG3, yeah. where they were all there. They were a playoff yeah. team. Yeah. Remember those days, and they held on to no one in Washington. So, pretty good stuff. How bad Washington. Yeah. I mean, well, I, I don't was, even know. Still is. Still is. They're a terribly run organization. I don't even know what to tell you, man, in this game. I mean... Like everyone was catching bombs after bombs after bombs. I mean, I did. I was getting notifications of touchdowns that were happening before the touchdowns that I was seeing. So, I, I got like two notifications. One was the touchdown. Then I then I get another notification I, for a touchdown. And now they're just showing me the replays on red zone. I'm getting like two touchdown, two touchdowns. <laughs> oh. I'm I just seeing... envision Alex getting bombarded with notifications. This yeah. is great. It's like, yeah. wait, what happened? They scored again. Yeah, because like I have notifications for basically everything on my phone, and then I just get a notification that they're up seventy to I don't know thirteen or something at that point, and then I get the replay, and I'm thinking, oh, I'm and seeing here. the replay for the seventy, and now I get the replay for the touchdown that happened before the seventy, and then the seventy is just a return yard. It's just a return for the touchdown. It's and a crazy game. Thing. Here's the thing, because let's talk about the Denver Broncos, the team that got victimized. I don't think Russ isn't as bad, like nearly as bad as he was last season, but it just doesn't matter. It, it, there's just something about Denver that's just cursed, it feels like. I mean, they... I'm, not, I'm not saying Russ is great. I'm just saying Russ, the, if you put Russ this year and transport him into last year's team, that team's a playoff team. Period. Probably, but yeah, I mean, but, this season, like, the defense can't stop anyone. Yeah. I mean, and I would give you this stat. I mean, last year, I believe if they scored 19, they would have had a pretty good record. This year, if they have scored 74, I believe they would be 3-0. So, 74 <laughs> per game, they would be 3-0 right now. 74 per game. Like, and, and here's the thing. I think... Uh, you can fact check me. I'm pretty sure they've gotten to like 19 or 21 on every one of their games. They yeah, haven't. But... They, huh? Yeah, they got, I believe it was to 20 this game. Russ didn't play bad. I don't think he played bad. He was showing yeah. some. He, he didn't play elite like he's in elite times back in Seattle. But he, he showed some ability to get out of the pocket and make some plays that he usually would. I mean, the touchdown to Sutton that I saw, it's, it's a prime, like. Seahawks, Russell Wilson type play where he rolls out of the pocket to the right and then throws the ball just really on the line to Sutton who makes a great play on the ball. But I mean, it doesn't matter when the defense is giving up 70. Yeah, it does exactly. It just doesn't matter. Yeah. And I mean, Sean Payton talked a lot of trash and the Broncos are still on three, so. <laughs> I would Bro, say, just... uh, it's I don't know, man. Uh, I'm not an head coach. But I would say, uh, like, Sean, if you're hearing, how about you, like, make Marvin Mims run some routes? Because whenever that dude is out there playing, I mean, 
he just makes plays on those deep balls and like he's barely playing any sort of routes. Yes, I believe. Okay. Like he ran five routes last week. I believe this week he ran like fifteen or something. So <laughs> it's baby steps. I think steps. Sean Payton is more uh, trying to figure out how to not give up thirty-five points a game at this point. <laughs> I mean, you can you can study both things, but yeah. <laughs> 0-3 right now, but I mean, at least next week, they have a chance to... This week, I guess. They have a chance to, to improve on that. <laughs> they have a chance. But yeah, not All much right. to say here. It's a 70... It's a 50-point difference. Uh, it was a complete destruction. So, time to jump to a game that you did saw, like, most of it. If not I watched from beginning till when it was over, pretty much, <laughs> which was the Browns and the Titans. And I'm not going to lie, when I tur- got home, you know, you get home from a hard day work, you turn on the TV and you see the Titans. I just audibly groaned <laughs> like that. That's the that's the feeling you get watching the Tennessee Titans. Oh, <laughs> and but I found something to cheer about because I got to. It was it was like it was so good to see the Browns front seven like absolutely demolish someone and it isn't your team. Like I was like, okay, okay, we're not the only ones. We're not the only ones. We okay, okay, okay. We're it's okay, it's okay. The Browns front seven is just that legit, and that's just, what it looked like. Uh, Did you say. see the play? Did you see the play where? The Titans took a delay of game because <laughs> yeah. because they were moving Miles Garrett around the formation and they were moving the blockers just to double. De- That's how scared they were of this man. Those were two tight ends actually. They were they were running out there two tight ends to block Miles Garrett, and yeah, it was just like switching up the alignments on the formation, and the tight ends were going the other way. And yeah, they took a delay of game. I mean, it's an impressive game by Miles Garrett. Three and a half sacks. Yeah, I believe it was a 30.8 pressure rate. Crazy stuff. I mean, it's insane. He's ridiculous. I will say, as much hate as you give Deshaun, this was the best game I've seen Deshaun in a Browns uniform. There oh, was... You, for show, sure. you showed me the one play, but honestly, that one play was few and far betweens if you watched the totality of the game. He looked... He started to look like Houston Deshaun, and that's a very good sign for the Browns, and they are going to be scary if that's true. Because honestly, that front seven, I don't know very many teams that can contain that front seven. Yeah, I mean, in this game, I mean, I I would say that it, part of it is probably Deshaun. The other part is probably like and I'm the not gonna secondary lie. is really bad. Every time like they tackled... Derrick Henry behind the line. I was cheering. I was like, yeah, yeah screw that born team. Screw some that. Folks are actually like, concerned. Have some balls. And they did. And they got <laughs> blown out still. There were some folks concerned about like Henry's usage in this game for fantasy football. Yeah, because Spears out snapped him in the first half and it wasn't even close. I mean, yeah, but like. <laughs> They were down like all of the game, so I think like they realized we are not winning this. Just <laughs> don't throw out there our best player. Just don't get hurt. Play the other dude who doesn't even have cartilage in his knee. Just try him out there and see what he does. 
And it's not like he even did anything because he had the worst yards per carry, which is difficult because Henry had a 1.8, Spears had a 1.5. Spears, like, as a. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it just doesn't matter. I, I don't put much stock in this game. I, I put much. I put stock into the fact that the, the Titans are terrible, and you probably Great won't have see. as many boom games for Henry. Great to see. Uh, but, but yeah, Resident Titans data right here. I do expect this to get like better at some point in the season because I have to f- to think that they eventually like figure out the offense. No, stay in the basement. <laughs> We're shutting the door but on yeah. the Titans. Complete destruction. I-, I do wonder when like Willis or Levis hits the field. Because I told you, what was one of my Will Levis hits the field this season? You're like, no, no, it's not going to happen. He's not even second, third on third on the depth. It's happening. I mean, he isn't. He hasn't been active for a game yet. It's happening. I'm telling you. He lost the job to Willis. Which is pretty terrible because if you saw Willis last year, that's pretty hard to do to lose a job to that guy. Because he got replaced by Dobbins, I believe, if not mistaken. Yeah, we're going to talk about Which, him later, too. I, I guess that doesn't even matter right now because I, we will talk about it later, as you said. But <laughs> Dobbins apparently is good at football. I don't know. Yeah. Man. We didn't NFL know. We never really knew weird. it. So maybe, so maybe losing the job out to Dobbins isn't really enough. The NFL is really weird, dude. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> There's games here that I don't know, man. I don't know how these things happen. I do. I guess we can move on to a game that you clearly see saw coming, and I didn't. But the Buffalo what? Bills. Say it. Win, yeah, the Bills win 37 to Commander versus the Commanders. Commanders scored three old points for the game. What happened to Sam Howell, buddy? I don't know, man. I, I think like taking nine sacks is probably not great. Uh huh. But I thought Sam Howe was Superman. He's the second coming of Jesus in Washington. What happened to him, man? I thought he was just, him. Just couldn't deal with this. <laughs> yeah. Terrible, terrible game. I mean, he had four picks. He took nine sacks. He, he needs to get rid of the ball quicker, which he isn't doing. <laughs> it's just a complete destruction, man. It was great. G- James Cook keeps looking good, though. I'll give Most him credit. Most of these blowouts I was happy about. Yeah. As for, like, aren't there, like, any sort of, like, thing to hang your hat on for the, the, re- the commanders? Or are you just, like, yeah, this was a game and we just I had them because... as Listen, I had them as one of the worst teams in the NFL. I'm starting to think that was probably wrong, but listen... They're not a good well, team. They are clearly not even at the Bears level. Man. So <laughs> <laughs> There's probably no one at the Bears level right now. Yeah, the Bears are pretty lonely down there. Yeah, we'll talk about it later. But... Man, how? I mean, I didn't expect much. I expected them to cover. I expected this to be a close game. But I mean, when you're sacked nine times... When you throw four picks, and, and to be frank, there were some drives there that I saw that were pretty close to getting a touchdown, or at least getting like deep inside the, the Bills red zone, or even like the five and so on. But Howell just threw a pick in those, so <laughs> that was great. It didn't matter. Yeah, exactly. It didn't matter. 
Alan didn't laugh like a great game, but he really didn't need to because they had nine sacks and four picks, the defense. <laughs> yeah, pretty interesting set line. Bill, like I, I called Complete the Bills one of the best rosters in the NFL that this, this showed. It showed here. Like, they don't need most games. They don't need Josh Allen's to go bonkers. It's against your Bengals, against your Chiefs, that you really need Josh Allen to shine, and that's when Josh Allen at times seems like he's at his lowest because those turnovers he, like, either throws or loses, they just get, like, magnetized times a 1,000 in games against those good offenses. And they don't even have Von Miller back on defense. So when they when he's back, oh yeah, <laughs> watch out! <laughs> oh boy, uh, uh, yeah, get ready, man. <laughs> it's going crazy. I think I I think I might even put Miami over the Bills right now. We'll see. But oh, Miami is over the Bills for me. Think so? Yeah, because Miami, to me at least, I think they have shown more. The defense hasn't shown us more as much, that's, but the offense has shown me like they are it, and I don't think I've seen that from the Bills. You, you just yeah. didn't believe me. I told you. Told you, you also told me that the Saints were it. So they were it. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. How many times have they scored over twenty? Listen. Yeah. They get. They get. <laughs> that's, yeah, they got. Sure, sure. <laughs> Three games in, and I think they have scored like twenty points once. So that's the like the high higher air raid offense that you were talking about. I see you. I see you. Like the deep bombs and so on and so forth. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. <laughs> Big bombs just don't happen as often, but they they happen. Don't. Chris Olave has at least one catch of the game where you go. Well, that is true. Yeah. <laughs> That is true. All of it does have one of those every single week, apparently. I told you. He does. He absolutely yeah. does. I guess we can jump onto a game that you did tell me. <laughs> so, the Ravens aren't great. Because, because the Colts had the quarterback that was capable of scoring three touchdowns. Congratulations. He scored one. They got, they got to 22. They got there. <laughs> they got there. I believe most of them weren't those on defense or was those like field goals. I actually have I didn't they watch much from this game. Yeah, okay, so they were field goals. <laughs> I mean, yeah. There, though. I, don't I don't know what to tell you, man. This was a weird game. Like the, the Ravens offense still doesn't look great. Told you. The defense looks okay, but I mean, the offense couldn't hold their end. The running game is still struggling because they apparently can't have healthy running backs. But so here's the thing: they don't have an a consistent identity, and by that I mean, when we were going into this season, we had Lamar and everyone else saying we're totally going to throw more we're totally it's going to be an air raid mars going to have 300 yards a game and we just don't see that here's what i see when i watch the ravens a lot of running a lot of rpos and bubble screens to like zay flowers and rashad bateman 
and not a lot of going deep. And the deep bombs I have seen, they've been like 50-50. He'll, he'll have a great one, and he'll have like two or three really, really bad ones. So, like, they they feel like they're a passing team, but they don't play like they're a passing team, if that makes sense. And the offense has, it looks it, it's struggled. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm not sure. Maybe we just, like, thought they had better receiver weapons that they do because not, not! I I said the Ravens were third in this division. Yeah, true. You did. You did. <laughs> Which at this point they are still second because your Bengals can't do anything. So. Yeah, we're not gonna talk about that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean the op- the options here receiving wise aren't great. And like <laughs> The running game is still terrible because they have to trot out there Melvin Gordon and Gus Edwards and Kenyon Drake. Lamar yeah. still has to run that offense because, like, Lamar needs to have 100 yards rushing because he's the running back at this point. Yeah. And they lost to the Colts, which, to be frank, I didn't pick the Colts here, but they were a team that I liked in the preseason. You didn't? You thought they were I terrible? One of the worst I, teams? I did. And I did say that. And I'm wrong. They are now 2-1-1. I am wrong. Yes, and now they'll unless get their starting QB back. Unless they go... Yeah. And then they're going to struggle again. Let's go. Did you see... Just another guy. Did you see who led the, the Colts in targets? Josh Downs. It's happening. Josh Stop Downs. Him. Rising. He's rising and rising and rising. Under... Gardner Minshew, maybe. Oh, yeah, under Gardner Minshew. Sure, sure. That's why, I mean, Gardner was really impressive here. That's why he had, like, 57 yards, touchdowns. He targeted him, like, 15 times, dude. 12. Exactly. Gardner Minshew isn't great. (laughs) I truly don't think that Gardner Minshew is anything, to to be honest. I think Anthony Richardson would have made this, like, and actually, like, I don't think the game would have gone to overtime. I think the Colts might have legitimately, legitimately go for 30 here if they had Anthony Richardson. Nah. You will see next week if he's back. I tried it because I believe oh, wow. next week. Yeah, it's the Rams. Zach Taylor, speaking of which, breaking news, Zach Taylor... We aren't ready to reveal a decision just yet on Joe Burrow, and we'll make a couple. We'll wait a couple more hours before we make a call on if yeah, he's starting Joe Burrow tonight or not. Ooh, that's that's really great. I mean, that really shows that the, the, the QB is like at full strength here. Just put him on IR, dude. Come on. Yeah, you will they need do more. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna get hurt for real now. I I think if that's if that happens, our season is quintessentially done because if I'm not mistaken, we're zero and two, about to be zero and three. But I mean, that is what it is. Yeah, I mean, it's the franchise QB. You have to think long term, and you yep. can't really risk him doing that. I mean, he's a competitor, and he of course wants to be out there. And at that point. You as the head coach have to like set him down, and like Chase has been pretty open about this. I mean, Chase is a pretty outspoken guy, and he has been pretty adamant that 
Burrow needs to sit down and he needs to take as long as he needs to because this this is a long haul. This isn't just this season. And like yep. Burrow is a competitor, but you have to think about your health. Exactly. Yeah. So did you did you just see like the the quick message that I sent you? Should we just go on the break now? The sorry, I didn't see anything. Oh yeah, it's on this car. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll go for a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. Bill Belichick happened to him. <laughs> yeah, so the Patriots. What happened to your Jets boy? 15 to 10. Yeah, I mean, it's just the Bill Belichick, man. Right. He, he gives them fits yeah, every time. I believe you... Where is it? And this is why I picked yeah, the Jets. I had Jets the Jets. Patriots. Yeah. yeah, no, I was just saying you had the right. New England Patriots minus and a half, and I had Jets. I, I know so we it's actually like close, to talk... But... Okay, I know pundits and other people like to talk about how New England isn't a successful organization since Tom Brady left. And while that's true comparative to the New England expectations when Brady was there, let's not lose the fact that Bill Belichick can still give rookie quarterbacks hell of a time and make a lot of them look really bad quite honestly let's not lose the fact that the same team that dropped 70 on the broncos won by seven points against new england so let's not lose track of the fact that not only just still an amazing coach this team lost seven for the team ranked 70 on the bears is still a good they made the dolphins look beatable to be honest, the the Dolphins didn't look as the powerhouse that they looked in week one and, and week three. So, yeah, I mean, on defense, yeah, it's it's another Bill Belichick, like, exactly complete master show. So, Matthew That's Judon, Chris Bar- Christian Barrymore, Hall getting sacks. I mean, Judon was was complete beast. And on the, on the secondary, they also played pretty well. Gonzalez keeps playing well. And, I mean, for Zach, it's just whenever he plays Bill Belichick, it's just he hasn't developed <laughs> nearly enough to be able to not be completely scared by the Patriots. And, yeah, it was a terrible game for him. There's not much to say there, apart from, like, that last drive where, to be honest, the defense was playing just to lose some time off the clock. They just weren't as aggressive as aggressive as they as they were in in the other drives and yeah Zach finishes with 170 uh, 157 yards no touchdowns no interceptions and I think like when you look at the the game they are just playing not to turn the ball over and that was pretty evident even in the last drive where basically they had to make something happen and like uh, fourth down the play that gets called is basically like a three three to four yard out route and the drive is over 
So they are playing not to lose. The team is eventually just going to riot. The running game is non-existent. I mean, Brees Hall and Dovin Cook combined for 36 yards. It's... Dovin Cook, I mean... Behind this whole line, I don't really think yeah, it matters <laughs> because the line, the whole line is completely terrible. And I mean, I think Zach is better than what we saw here. I guess Current Zach <laughs> is better than what we saw this week, and it probably should like turn a corner in next week. I believe they do play KC though, <laughs> so I, agree with that. I am not sure <laughs> uh, because what we saw right now from the KC defense is. Pretty brutal as well, but oh, God. it should at least be better than this so far. And he had one drive, as I said, that looked at least okay. On the Patriots side of the ball on offense, apparently Ramondre Stevenson and Ezekiel Elliott are now like sharing carries almost to a 50-50, which I guess can be game plan. But anytime you give Zeke, current Zeke, 16 carries, I don't know, uh, what are you doing <laughs> Zeke, I don't yeah. know, man. Zeke looks completely, completely dusted, but they're still giving him the ball, and he did have 80 yards. I just expected more balls to Ram- Ramondre, and it's probably a game plan thing. But yeah, like the offense, the Patriots' offense still doesn't yeah. look like great. Like this game, I mean, they looked okay versus Miami. They looked good in the first week, and now they looked iffy. I mean. Mac Jones, 201 yards, one touchdown. But, I mean, he had a 58-yard touchdown to a completely broken coverage that was uh, and a catch that was made by Farrell Brown. I mean, I was watching that touchdown, and my reaction was, oh, my God, the dude is really slow. How is no one catching him? Because Brown looked like he was moving in slow motion, man. He was looking really, really, really slow, but no one like uh-huh. was even in the vicinity of him, and he just made a touchdown, fifty-eight yard touchdown. So yeah, very sluggish game. Uh, when I was in the car, I was telling my girlfriend, my girlfriend that this is basically one of those games that might end like thirteen to ten, and it ended up being fifteen to ten. So <laughs> it's terrible game, man. Terrible game. Unless you like defenses. If you really like defenses, this is okay. But yeah, that, that Jets locker room is about to implode at any time now. Unless Zach turns this thing around massively, Pal is going to lose these guys. So, you were a fan so of because Robert Sala. Are you saying that he is... He hasn't had the same effect win-wise as Dan Campbell, but, like, morale and team mentality, I think he has had the same impact as Dan Campbell, not to, like, as great of an extent, but he has still changed that mentality of the team. The team looks... don't look like the regular old Jets. It looks like he really, like, galvanizes those guys. But there's... I mean, if Zach doesn't start playing better or doesn't start at least showing improvement, as, I mean, last week we were talking that he showed improvement at least. If he doesn't go back to that, I don't know how many weeks Salah can defend him until he loses the locker room. And I don't expect him to be fired anytime soon. 
but if he doesn't change his stance on Zack and if Zack stays the way it is, yeah. I don't know, man. It's gonna get ugly because you're all already seeing like Fitz being thrown. You're all, uh, you're already seeing like Garrett Wilson talking to the media about Sam not being used properly. You have Michael Carter fighting in the the sidelines with coaches. I mean, it's it's a mess right now, and they have to turn this thing around. I mean. Like, if Zach plays the way he did this week, next week, I mean, I gotta expect Salah to at least consider getting someone in the door. But at this point, it's a Carson Wentz or something, and... Man, Carson Wentz. If Carson Wentz is what's saving your season, then I don't know, man. Your season is probably not worth saving. <laughs> yeah. You're in trouble. I guess we can just talk about my Seattle Seahawks, about a game that had plenty of points. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks beat the Carolina Panthers 37-27. to And I'm just going to give a moment to say, Kenneth Walker is really, really, really good. Damn. I mean, dude made some plays there. At the start, I mean, it was looking a bit rough. But in Seattle's fashion, with the, like, the run game wasn't going nowhere. He was getting tackled behind the line. There was one point where I commented somewhere that he basically... <laughs> every single carry that he had, it was basically a circus act. Because he had to do so, so, so much to get like five yards. And another guy that is a Seattle Seahawks fan was basically saying... If yards ran, like yards actually ran as a total, yep. were a stat it would be even greater because the amount of yards that he has to run behind the line of scrimmage to actually like make something happen sometimes, it's insane. And then he has those spin moves. It is great. There's nothing much to say. Now he's getting lined up as wide receiver as well, making big catches. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it looks amazing. The, the snap, uh, I've seen some tweets so far <laughs> about the snap counts and yeah, the snap shares being more even right now than what they were to start the season. I believe like early in the season it was in the 60s for Kenneth, now it's in the 40s, and Jack, Zach is basically having around the same yeah. amount of, of snaps. From what I saw so far, uh, Zach is getting most of those like not really super important touches, and some any else yeah yeah because it's like middle of the field stuff yeah we we were down there yeah, we were down there a bit as well and you guys but were like i i do feel like and i've seen game, that so. when we are we down and it's around. more third down scenarios it's not actually Zach that comes in it's more dj dallas dallas has that because he's, he's the best pass protector in the in the running back room so yeah, he gets he gets in the field more than Zach in those scenarios. Zach did have one like pretty good play down the end, uh, where he, he broke one run there, and really gave the guy the business. Uh, it just finished with a I believe it was a Cody Parkinson or something touchdown. It was one of the oh no, it was Jake Bobo, the rookie wide receiver, which I refuse to acknowledge. This is a real guy, but yeah, Jack Bobo apparently. But yeah. <laughs> I will say that Zach looks better than I expected. Charbonnet looks better than I expected. But it's it really doesn't matter when Kenneth is Kenneth Falker is this good. He's still getting his touches, he's getting like over twenty opportunities a game. Looks good with those. 
uh, he makes some crazy spin moves. I don't know if you saw it, it was all over my timeline there. But he made one really great spin move where he basically avoids, I believe it's Jeremy Chin, if not mistaken, who tackles him in the backfield. And then he manages to avoid that with his spin move, puts his hand on the on the ground, and just manages to turn that into a, I believe it was a 10 to 12 yard gain. Really great stuff, man. But overall in the game, <laughs> because... I sometimes go on these rants about Walker because he's my guy. You know that I was one of the of his only defenders back in when he was coming out of college. Yeah, I mean, we played well overall. I mean, yep, we were down a guard. I yep. believe a guard yeah. went down. This was one of the games where I was watching while I was watching the red zone. So I believe we we lost a guard here in the game. And it started to show that we were playing with uh, backup tackles. But in the end, Gino played well. Gini, Gino had a rough start, but he ended up playing well. Uh, one touchdown, one interception, 296 yards. DK had one neck of a game as well. And Carolina gives us some throw to start, and the defense was holding up. But then I believe they lost Frankie Luvo, which was one of their, their best inside linebackers. And actually, like... Creates a lot of great pressure uh, in the pass rush. But overall, I still think we, we really need to to get this pass rushing going because it's not great. I mean, I, I do believe we, we got some significant pressure this time around, but it's still far from what we should get right now. And it's mostly because we, we're taking advantage of Carolina's poor line, which should... Andy Dalton played okay, played better than I expected. We were out there making Thielen looking looking like prime Adam Thielen, not like old man Adam Thielen, because we were allowing some crazy receptions by Thielen, who went for 145 yards. So yeah, the secondary was lacking here. The rain defense kept being solid. I mean, we allowed around, what, 40 to 50 yards rushing to the whole Carolina Panthers backfield, or players in general. Yeah, the rushing defense is still solid. We need to fix the secondary, and we need to fix the pass rushing. Uh, last last week, I did mention that Witherspoon wasn't back. He was back. Uh, it was a mistake of mine. And I believe he played pretty well this, this week. He was targeted 11 times, just a lot. Three catches for 19 yards. And I believe he had one pass breakup, if not mistaken, which was around the same amount of first sounds he allowed. He was he's playing pretty good, and I mean, when the whole secondary is healthy, because I, I don't believe Jamal Adams is back. He wasn't back this game, and I don't think I think he was close, uh, but I'm not sure what's what's his status for next week. When Jamal Adams is back, I think not only is the secondary getting better, but the pass rusher should keep, should get a bit better because we should be able to scheme some some looks around him to to get the that pass rusher go, pass rushing going. But yeah, overall, good game by the Seattle Seahawks. It was a competitive game for most of it. We just pulled pulled late into that game and managed to win it. Oh, yeah. I mean, you guys, I didn't get to see the game, but I did yeah. keep seeing Mostly through, through the Seattle game. Scored. They were I was actually honestly surprised how good Carolina's yards, offense ran. So our secondary was so. wasn't great. 
But we managed to contain the run yes, game, and that's mostly. probably what won us the game in the end, because they were up there for a bit, and I believe if they had managed to establish the run game, it would no. have probably been a bit worse for us. But they weren't able to, and we managed to get to get the ball back and make some plays. It was a true, truly like Kenneth Falker type game. Oh, though. He played great again. And it was a DK game as well. Not really Tyler Lockett. Lockett had like seven targets, only three catches for 34 yards. DK was, was the main target for most of the when game. He... Which, I mean, those things change week to week. Sometimes it's DK, sometimes it's Lockett. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba isn't getting a lot of work. I think it's it's one of those things that will change as the season goes on. Yeah, he's also still healing, sure. He's still healing from that injury, dude. Like, I think, I think, I think they're kind of trying to like hide the fact that they put him out there when he probably shouldn't be out there. And once he's a hundred percent, if if he gets to a hundred percent, like if we get to week five, week six, and this is still the same level of yeah, I do expect it to change as the season goes on. I think he, has, he will I get will more involved. I think we, we should be getting him some designed looks, which is things that other rookies, other rookies, for example, like Quentin Johnson, which I'm not a big fan of, but he's getting some of those designed looks. We probably should be getting those in, 100%. and he's right now playing more of a typical slot role. And not really anything that whenever he's on the field, we are not designing anything for them. I do expect that to change. Uh, we see those those mistakes and we correct those. But yeah, as of right now, he's not super involved. He's, I believe he is, his routes ran and his involvement overall in snaps decreased this week over the the weeks prior. I believe it's in the 40s, like snaps and so on, 40% snaps for the team. So... Small decrease here, but it should get better as the season goes on. I guess we can talk about the Kansas City Chiefs and the Chicago Bears. I just want to say that I believe like yeah, the highlight of the week for the Chicago Bears was probably like Taylor Swift being shown when they got a touchdown scored on them. So I guess you can go on first in this one. Ouch. Oh, God, you're really going to put me on the spot here. So it was a absolute shellacking. Oh, it's the worst. <laughs> the Bears look like one of, if not the worst rosters in the NFL. Uh, I think I... it's by far the worst. <laughs> I didn't want oh, to say I think that, it's by far the worst. I can't necessarily disagree with you, but I wouldn't say it's by far the worst roster, by but it's by worst. far the worst team, like playing team. Yeah, you might be right. Performing, yeah, absolutely, and that's kind of the the thing is, unfortunately. Unfortunately, I think Justin Fields blaming like the coaching and everything else that's going on and not like taking accountability is also kind of hurt his image. Yep. 
So to be frank, he did apologize. I, I just, for the I just it's a dumpster fire. It's, what I thought he was the Colts probably were like be, misunderstood the there. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I don't really think he he was misunderstood. He said those words, but yeah, he said it was misquoted. I believe was the word, and That's that right. he, he takes accountability yeah. for it and he's right. happy with the coaching. But yeah, this team is is a complete is a complete dumpster fire. I mean, the coaching shouldn't be happy with him. He's not happy with the coaching. He's he shouldn't be happy with the coach. I I I don't think it's a. Oh yeah. For... I don't think it's one is good and one is bad. I think uh, I think both oh, for are sure. Bad. Like, the coaching Honestly, isn't like, good. That's, whichever one you want, that's whichever side you want to sure. take, it doesn't matter. But Fields is, is probably the worst team like... playing right now. I don't think there's anyone worse, even even no. Zach Wilson. I think Justin Fields is by far and away the worst QB playing. He can't do anything, man. <laughs> he can't throw. I mean, he had one splash play to DJ Moore for the touchdown. That makes his day be, feel like okay. And that's it. I mean, he's terrible. I mean, the designed runs aren't being called. I do expect that to change sometime in the future. But now he, he, he got concussed. I'm not sure if he saw the play in which he got concussed, but... I mean, there was one point, and I'm not mocking the guy for being concussed, but when he got concussed, dude was just stumbling on the field, and DJ Moore just approached him, and he looked like your typical, like, sober friend, walking your drunk ass home, because, like, he just grabbed Fields and just took him to the side, <laughs> to the sideline, and basically said, man, your day is over, <laughs> you look completely done. Yeah, your day's over. I mean, and uh, to, he has a point. I mean, there's there's no point in that. They were down forty, and the Bears are turning him out there to like to do what? To do nothing, man. At that point, you just sit him and play your backups. You don't need to to make <laughs> the stupidest thing to me was that basically that they barely called any sort of design runs when the game was even remotely close. But then once the game is like done and they're down by 40 entering the fourth quarter they start calling design runs for him like are you trying to punish the guy i mean i don't like justin fields as a player but are you trying to punish your dude come on there's no point in running those things just call the day pull your starters kansas city had, had already pulled mahomes they had pulled they had put blaine gavertin and the Bears were just trotting fields out there for nothing to injure, and they ended up injuring him. He, I believe he was, complete, he was completely out of it. He was stumbling on the field. I believe he also had like concerns in combine and so on. One of the medical things that popped up was that he suffered from seizures. So that can be an aggravation of the, the concussion. So something to monitor there for him. It's, it's, I mean, if you're Caleb Williams and the Bears are picking 101, do you just stay in college? Yep. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yes, 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 you stay in college. You don't, e you don't even second guess it. You don't I, I get the argument of it's a big market. Don't bother. If, if he goes there and he's the for guy. For the love of God, do not sign up for that. It will be the savior. It will be the savior of the franchise. And to be frank, I. No, to be frank, no, no. I think. Just get out of there. If like the Bears get a no. like 
an no, okay coaching staff because don't obviously like everyone in here gets fired i mean not only are they playing bad on the field now they're getting robbed they lost like one hundred thousand dollars in worth of equipment now the defensive coordinator is being graded by the fbi i mean the whole team is a mess at this point everyone will get fired top to bottom i'm like pretty sure of that they just won't fire them in season probably but assuming they get a an okay coaching staff in there the team is at least better than what it was when fields went there so i get the argument of the team is better and there's there's it's a big market and it could be the savior at chicago i still would pull an eli probably there i think he has enough pull to be to pull an eli and just say that i won't play for you don't don't bother I, I don't think he should bother. I don't. I don't. Even I now with the, like, the new money, like, I mean, the, I'm not going to do it. He can make a nice living off of that contract. I mean, he's the face of college football, from what I know. I don't follow college football much, but he's like the name that I always hear. So I assume he's the face of it. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. There's no point in doing so. He makes. He's. He's in the millions. He's yeah, fine. but I mean, other than that, I don't even don't know what's do to say. Don't, I mean, Fields isn't getting, like, particularly exactly. destroyed in the pocket. He, he got some pressure, sure. But, like, the offensive line is at least playing better than it was in years prior. You just can't do anything, man. He looks, he looks terrible. There's... At this point, I feel bad for the guy. I was, I was pretty against him as a fantasy player and as an NFL QB. He was, I believe, he was my QB four that class. Only uh, like ahead of Trey Lance out of those top five. It's just terrible. So back when I worked in appliance sales, my manager had a phrase, and. He would always use this phrase when two people were arguing and it wasn't obvious who was right. And the the phrase is, they didn't say you didn't ask, which is a nice way of saying, yeah, they didn't tell you, but you didn't take the effort to try to get the answer. And that's kind of the same situation with the Bears and Justin Fields. Like... I feel I feel like they either didn't do the proper assessment of fields before the draft, before selecting him, or they completely overestimated their roster, their I mean, ability to and their ability to did good things at OSU. One of those two things <laughs> they just expected to translate. And they put him with a bad coaching staff. They put him with a better line. He created bad habits that... I mean, he already had bad habits from college. Those were, like, turned to a 100 when he got to the NFL. And he just never developed. I mean, I'm looking at the same guy I saw at OSU, just with worse weapons. It it gets really hard to play QB when you're not throwing to the best wide receivers in, in, the college, in college football. And you're not playing versus very bad teams so it gets really difficult to play QB then everyone everyone can look good doing pitch and catch 
and I mean it's looking every almost every single thing that I had pointed out uh, for him when he was coming out of college. It's showing in the NFL. I mean, he looks at, at, like the exact same guy he did when he threw. Uh, he might even look worse at this point when he took his first snap in the NFL. So it's you just have to tear it all down. I mean, one of my hot takes. I'm not sure if I said on the sh- if I said it on the show, but I had it on a few like leagues and Discord chats and so on. Was that Tyler Bagent would start a few games this this year? Uh, so I believe I said it would be from like week 12 onwards. Uh, Badgent is a rookie. I'm not sure if it's undrafted free agent or if it's a very late round free uh, draft pick, but he's a rookie that played from one of really small college guy that I liked. I mean, he had like over 10,000 yards in his last two seasons in college. It's versus really bad competition, but I think he sees the field eventually because they will plug. They will pull the plug on this. It's not worth it. At this point, I don't think they win. I don't see them winning a game. To be frank, if this doesn't change, if nothing changes in this coaching staff and in this defense, I don't see them winning a game, to be honest. No, dude, it's it's the worst playing team right now. It's the worst playing team right now in football. I, I think I was being kind with them when I had my predictions because I, I think I had them That's with four rough. wins or five wins. I don't see four or five wins right now. I mean, it was. This is now the second year in which the Bears, I believe, like the preseason lines. This this year they were like seven and a half. Last year they were six and a half. Some guy out there has that's something really weird for the Bears and their lines because it was the easiest slam I've ever seen. And yeah, I have them with four wins, if not mistaken. And apparently I was being kind because this looks like a team that maybe wins a game down the line or two. Yeah, they're, they're just, I, I don't know, man. I'm looking at their schedule. I don't see a win. It's I mean, really tough to yeah. see wins here. It's rough. Yeah, I mean... I think I'm pretty right. I mean, I can read you a few names here. Their schedule. If I go here, yeah, I mean, their schedule. They play the Broncos next week. Go for it. Okay. The thing is, the Broncos have a bad defense. Okay. I'm not sure if they have a defense bad enough that I mean, Chicago Broncos, can actually score on them. I could see it. So I would still give it to the Broncos. Then you have Washington, which they aren't great, but like their biggest weaknesses is like Sam Howell takes a ton of snaps, and apparently the Bears can't rush the passer because they spent like. What, fifty million on two inside linebackers? So I don't see the win there. Then they play the Vikings. Like the Vikings defense isn't good, but again, it's it's a Denver Broncos situation in which like I think the Vikings defense is not good, but they aren't to a point in which the Bears can score. Then they play the Raiders, which to be frank, the Raiders did look pretty good last week, uh, last night. 
Then they played the Chargers, the Saints, the Panthers, the Lions, the Vikings again, the Lions. Then they, I mean, week 15, if Fields is still playing, I don't know, man. I think we have to arrange something because they play the the, the Browns. Can you imagine the Browns front seven versus this Bears offensive line? Yeah. Yeah, then they play the... Oh, no. <laughs> it's I, I guess bad, we will be able dude. to talk about that. I'm going to be sad we're not going through every game that and week. And then they I'm play the Falcons and finish the season with Green Bay. I mean, do you see no, more than two wins in that, that schedule? <laughs> I'm struggling, man. Because there's some teams in there weren't good. They are just not uh, Bears maybe. level bad. Oh, uh, for sure. Like probably <laughs> not, not in terms bears. of roster because there's some places in the, the there's bears some players in there who are okay to, to good, but like in terms of playing and overall construction roster construction and playing, I think they are like in a level of by themselves. We can we can. Sh- they are pretty bad. I I can't deny that. I, yeah, I mean, there's a reason I said Rip with KC. I just don't think there's the much to talk about. They played like as soon as I saw them select him. What they played? I believe it was two and a half quarters, and it was over. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> two carries, had, two I, touchdowns. You had no much. wait. You had your Jared yeah, McKinnon was... game. There you go. Two touchdowns. Oh, no, but he got those. Wait. He got those as receiving yep. touchdowns. Yeah, he had five touches, two yeah. touchdowns. Yeah, you're right. Great. But... <laughs> I believe he averaged a total of 28 yards. <laughs> Pretty solid. The, I mean, uh, just, just Chiefs look great. The defense keeps looking great. The offense is... I mean, they played two and a half scores. There's, there's not much to say. I, I just want to say, just want to say one thing that I thought it was really funny, is that I saw Taylor so Swift more than the, the Bears' offense on Red Zone. If, so, if God, it was actually true. I saw so much of Taylor Swift, and I think I no, saw like two or three, oh, three, two or three drives by the Bears. So. And I saw more of Taylor Swift in the Bears offense. So, I was going to say, if Joe Burrow does get put on IR, and if the Bengals season is effectively over, because they're not coming back down 0-3 if they lose this game, who's stopping Kansas City? Because I've always maintained that the... Like, rock, paper, scissors is Joe Burrow and the Bengals beat Kansas City. But, A, even with that said, I don't know with uh, this defense if that was even going to be true. And, B, like, with that defense, I think it's who's, the Dolphins. who's yeah, stopping it's the them? Dolphins. The Bills? The, the defense will shut down Josh Allen. Don't you worry about that. It has to be Miami. 
It has to be. Yeah, it the Dolphins are like. There's no other team that can keep up with the offense. And if anyone's stopping him, it's probably the, the Dolphins. But, but yeah, right now, I, I think KC is probably the second best team for me if we were to do a power ranking. Only behind Miami. Because you like the Niners quite a bit. I think I might put Casey. Ooh, I don't know. Either well, second or third. Yeah. Okay. 49ers. A fun yep. segment here. I guess I'm we can you, jump those power to one, thing that, gonna be one team that we all thought was pretty bad, but apparently isn't. <laughs> the Arizona Cardinals beat the, the Dallas Cowboys 28-16. You did. What? <laughs> Second off is just what happened well, here. I called the spread first off. Second off. Second off. Second off. I think I think we can, because this is now three straight games where the Cardinals started off super hot. And unlike the other games, this game, they didn't cool down to the point where they blew it. I think yep. calling the Cardinals okay. the universal worst team in the NFL this year is just dead wrong now at this point. Like, there's no denying it. The Cardinals I have mean, very good football gone toe to toe with three. I'd, I'd argue three very good football teams, and <laughs> they've competed with all three of them. And and you're actually calling the Commanders like a really good football team, true. by the way. <laughs> but I mean, they went versus the I, I, almost the whole. NFC East right now, and they are one and two. Ooh. And Ooh. if I told you they went Gross. against the Giants, the the Commanders, and the Cowboys, and they had one one game, I'm pretty sure none of us would say it was versus the Cowboys. But here we are now. <laughs> okay, so that is true. But here we are now. So. We'll see how they look once they get outside. The but so far, but far what do you make of this Cowboys offense? That title belongs to the Bears. Because so the problems that I stated would happen early in the season reared their ugly head because once again, Mike McCarthy doesn't know how to coach an air raid. Like a, a team that's going to be pass heavy, unless the quarterback is willing to just change his plays every time, like Aaron Rodgers was. So it seems like to me, this is just on the small things I saw, that Dak Prescott is almost terrified of turning the ball <laughs> over. And I hate to like sound it this is aggressive, true, yeah. but it kind of looks like the Cowboys' offense are just playing. Like and it a is one they they face a some, lot of times. I mean, I just don't think. Anyone it really does. Really that's wide open for him to draw. I did see one play. I believe it was in their second to last, like red zone attempt, where Dak. Yeah, I mean, without Diggs, though, we should mention, yeah, that Trevon Diggs, not said, for the, the season, I believe he tore his ACL, if not mistaken, in practice. Terrible stuff. But yeah, I believe it was the second to last, if not mistaken. Um, red zone attempt that they had, yeah. 
uh, late in the game. There was a completely wide open CT Lamb there to the right, and Dak just panics. Uh, it did have some pressure though, to be frank. But Dak panics and just throws an incompletion. But CD was wide open for a touchdown, and I think it's one of the few plays where I saw a wide receiver wide open for the Cowboys. But yeah, it's just a game where no one was really open. It was a game that I totally expected the, the Cowboys to win, even down that many points early. I thought it would be pretty much like the Giants game, and they would come back and make that a game, probably win it for the Cowboys, but no. I mean, James Conner keeps doing his thing. He looks great, dominating. Mm, Hollywood Brown also looks good playing pretty well and the Cowboys look completely lost out there to be frank oh I see it yeah I saw that Tezo that's really shifty I mean he's probably he's never going to do anything as a wide receiver but as like that Swiss army knife type of player yeah, yeah. he's gonna do things but yeah, really shocking thing. I mean, the Cowboys were ten and a half point favorites. What? <laughs> it's like you saw them dropping like everything on the Giants. I mean, they scored what? They scored seven, sixty or seventy points across the first two weeks. They allowed like ten points, if that. And now they lose twenty-eight to sixteen. To the Cardinals <laughs> again the NFL is really weird dude <laughs> and Joshua Dobbs is okay yeah it's a great I mean a, versus great this defense watch, honestly, 17 for 21 17 of 21 189 yards one touchdown pretty solid game by him yeah Yeah. yeah, it really doesn't. And the Cowboys look lost out there versus them. It's still not a good team. It's probably not the worst, but it's probably bottom five. But they are playing with some, some hunger there. It's refreshing to see. And I guess the last game of the week, it's the pit because Monday night football hasn't happened. It's It should happen in around three hours. One hour, I believe the first game kicks off in an hour and a half right now. And it's the Pittsburgh Steelers who beat the Las Vegas Raiders 23-18. to And I would say the best offense looked like the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, just Jacobs seems off, but the rest of it looks nice. So, so I will say this about the Steelers. Like, you have gone every single week, it seems like, off on Matt Canada. And the, I guess the critique that I have of the um, Atlanta Falcons where they got a Ferrari, but the engine is like a V4 that's kind of the critique that you have of the Steelers, but you don't know if the engine's bad because the coach is really not making, letting the engine run. 
So, I know you projected him to lose, but honestly, lose his job essentially at some point this season. But quite honestly, I mean, I saw some news prior to the game, which basically started with like Met Canada. He's being promoted, and then I thought, oh yeah, they're taking him out of out of that offensive coordinator position. They're putting him in like somewhere in the front office, probably. It's so it's like a Steelers move that I would take. It's it's like. For example, in basketball, it's something that I would associate with, for example, the the, the Celtics, where they don't fire their their guys and they just move them on to the organization somewhere up there, basically. And that's what I was expecting with the headline. And then I read that not only is he like being promoted, it's not out of the oh, offense completely. Yeah. It's to work more with Kenny Pickett and having more say in the offense. So. The offense is already terrible, and he's the offensive coordinator. And now you look at him, and you're like, "That's that that guy's the answer." Yeah, let's let's put him to work more with Pickett because that's obviously what we need. And oh yeah, God. I mean, dude had like a whole week to design this offense, and it's supposedly yeah, to yeah, it worked quite a lot in this in that first drive. And I believe they go three and out on the first drive with like two rushes to Naji, who looks. Nashi look Nashi probably looks slower than me right now. And <laughs> I'm sitting in my chair recording a podcast. So I believe I saw a stat there where like uh, during the game, I believe it was really early, where they said that he was like one hundred and twenty five yards lower than what was expected of him for the carries. So his expected yardage, yardage with uh, the carries that he had and the situations that he had were 150 worse than what they were. So, pretty good stuff there, huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's a bad offense. I expected Kenny Pickett to look better. Like, the stats don't do, like... I believe... The stats look better than what he actually did because Calvin Austin had like a completely blown coverage for like 60-something yards for a touchdown. So without that, I mean, you're looking at a day with 170 passing yards and a touchdown. You could say that about... The Steelers just seem like... I hate to say this, but... It looks like they've just gotten lucky because if you take away the two defensive touchdowns against the Browns, the Steelers also yeah. lose that game too. That's true, yeah. So for sure, the we could be um, living in a world where the Steelers are zero three. Having Browns a good defense and a like, player like TJ Watt really changes things up. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Exactly. It's like having yeah. Miles Garrett. And I mean, changes things up. Las Vegas, having, I mean, I think they look pretty like good, to be honest, pivotal. on offense. Devontae Adams had himself a great game. Yeah, I believe it was. He had 13 targets, 13 catches, 172 yards, two touchdowns. <laughs> Just ridiculous stuff, man. That's great. It's the best, one of the best wide receivers in the league. But there's no point in doing so when, I mean, the defense gets like, I believe they got like 
three picks. One of those was yep. pretty late. It was the last play of the game. Doesn't really matter, but yeah, two picks thrown by Garoppolo. I believe he is now in the injury, in the concussion protocol as well. The yeah, I know. I don't think Carr is in concussion protocol though. I believe it's his shoulder. It's week to week with their shoulder injury. In the same spot as Derek Carr. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we might see. Oh yeah, yeah. No, Aiden no, no. O'Connell. Same injury. I'm just saying. Just they're both, saying. You know, questionable. We to shall play see. Next week. But yeah, uh, the run game is terrible. I don't know. I mean, Josh Jacobs looks oh, pretty no. slow, and they aren't really being able to run the ball as much. Jacoby Myers looks great receiving. It's just they haven't been able to put it all together. But I think this Raiders team is actually pretty good, to be honest. Like. Okay, not pretty good, but it's better than what they were. They are being given credit for. But they're they are a pretty solid team, to be honest. Did you? Yeah, <laughs> I think they are a solid team. I think they are, dude. And like the Josh McDaniels at this really cr- no. like I don't know if you saw the last play, the last few plays, plays of the game. But like with, I think it was almost four minutes left on the clock or three or something minutes left on the clock. He is inside the 10 and he kicks a field goal. <laughs> down eight, if not mistaken. Or down, I believe it's down eight. Yeah, down eight, he kicks a field goal. <laughs> what? <laughs> and then he says that it's basically because... They would always have to score twice or something, but I mean a touchdown and a two-point conversion ties the game. But no, (laughs) yeah, there were two minutes and thirty-one seconds left on the clock. It was a fourth and four, and he doesn't go for it. Sometimes, (laughs) yeah, I mean, sometimes I want really weird things. I mean, I don't know, man. Like, it looked really weird. Uh, I don't think that was that well thought on. out, to be honest. But yeah, I mean, that's all of the games so far that we have. We are missing the Monday night football games. And yeah, as I said prior, you went oh. eleven and, and twelve and two so far with two games missing, and I went six and eight. Which pushes the overall numbers to 24-22 for me and 28-18 for you. So yep. you are four games ahead, but I have a chance to either put that to two games or to increase your gap to six because we are on opposite ends of each game here. You are on the, as I said prior, you are on the Bucks plus five and the Cincinnati minus one and a half, which you don't seem to think they will cover that because you think they will lose. And I am on Philadelphia minus five and the Rams plus five and plus one and a half. Okay. And I think we're just missing the last part here, which is the predictions for week four. I am. Yes. Yes. So now here's the question. Oh, no, no, no. Never mind. This isn't the question. The predictions are staying. The overall structure. The predictions are here to stay. It, the, um... Yeah. What's it called? The summary... 
the yeah the structure the summaries of each game like we just did that's changing i am as okay well. just taking my notes here good 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 so okay so I, I think we are, can buddy. just do like i call one game first and then you call the other game second so this way neither of us goes first or all the times which i don't think has happened in the other episodes but just to make sure okay so game one we have the detroit lions at the green bay packers the over under is 45 points and the spread is the packers plus two who do you have oh no yeah the Packers are are underdogs. Wait, what? I have plus two on my end. The spread. Let me refresh. Maybe I maybe I need to refresh because the spread is basically a pick 'em. It's plus one for me. Refresh. <laughs> oh wow! So in the time that we've been the recording there. this podcast, the Packers have been given an extra point. <laughs> Yes. Oh, that's really conflicting. Okay. You know what? Yeah, I'm I'm picking this game. I think it's a game the Packers Packers. might win. I think they are the better team right now. So, give me the Packers plus two. Hopefully Watson and Aaron Jones get back healthy. It's going to be... Over under okay, so that means I go Falcons at Jaguars. Falcons, for some reason, are given three points. Um, well, I know why. I mean, it's a home it's game in for the London. Jets. So. That's why. That's why the Falcons are given three points. Okay. Because the... pretty much... Oh, okay. That that complicates things. That complicates things. Okay. Oh, oh. I'm going against you here. I'm picking oh, once me, again give me the, the Atlanta Falcons. Give me the London three. boys. Give me the Jaguars. I don't think the Jags have the firepower to pull this game away. And if they don't have it, the Atlanta Falcons will for sure run it out. Well, next game. Oh, this is a spicy one. I didn't know we had this one. It's the Miami Dolphins at the Buffalo Bills. And like I said prior, to me, the better team is the Miami Dolphins. So give me the Miami Dolphins plus two and a half. Over-under is 53 and a half, which I believe it's the highest scoring game of the week. Plus two and a half. So it also give York, me Miami at two and a, at Buffalo, plus two and a half. Yes, give me Miami. That's crazy. They're crazy for that. I have no clue. <laughs> Maybe they think it will yeah. be another low-scoring game like the Jets. Have or, they pay, have they watched yeah. this offense? Give me the Dolphins, man. I think the Dolphins make a statement here in Buffalo. Next, next up, I think you are up. So, yeah, same. Minnesota, for me, the next one is Minnesota Vikings at Carolina Panthers. Oh, I have it. Next game I have is Pittsburgh, and then I have Baltimore. So where is Baltimore-Cleveland for you? Because that was before Miami-Buffalo for me. 
Okay. Okay. Anyway, so Vikings are favored three and a half points against Carolina. I'm torn on this. Quite honestly, I don't trust the Vikings defense. Give me the points. Give me Carolina plus three and a half. Yeah. I've also seen the Carolina Carolina Panthers. You watched the defense play. And I'm not sure if we are going to see Andy Dalton or Bryce Young. Give me Minnesota. I think Minnesota <laughs> takes the first swing of the season here, and I think they cover the three and a half. You're not wrong. I can't believe I'm taking Kirk Cousins, but here we are. <laughs> Which, to be frank, Kirk okay. hasn't really been the problem. <laughs> here we are. And he hasn't really been bad so far. I mean, the to be frank, the you're probably right really him. because this isn't prime time and it's it's a one o'clock game. So you you're yeah yeah that's okay, true. Next so, up for me is the Pittsburgh I, I Steelers. Have, I have a sneaky suspicion that you're Texans. probably right on this. The Steelers are three point favorites <laughs> and the over under is forty one points, which is pretty close to being the lowest scoring game of the week. Something in me is telling me to pick the Texans. But I'm going with what Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh minus three. I think the defense gives Houston enough problems. Okay. That's what I'm worried about, too. Because I'm not quite sure that C.J. Stroud has seen yeah, this, lo- has seen someone like T.J. Watt yet, and has seen this dynamic of a defense. All right. So next, I think I'm going to yeah, agree with Ravens. you, and I'm going to go yeah. Steelers minus three. Okay. Yeah. So, so here I have the, next, the Ravens okay, so at next the Cleveland for you. Browns. Okay. I'll, the Browns I'll let are you two and a half point favorites. The over-under is 41.5. I'm picking the Browns. Give me the Browns. Minus 2.5. Uh-huh. Which I don't... Yep. This is the... This is going to be the game where the, where the Ravens with just you. destroy the Browns. I'm agreeing it? with you. Give me the Browns. <laughs> Yeah, the defense. It probably is, but honestly, I, I don't think I've ever things, seen the Cleveland Browns sure play this stats, good. But I believe they were doing things that hasn't been it's, done it's, in like it's, over thirty years. Low key on defense, they haven't allowed like anything. It's playing lights out, man. Lights out. Okay, so next up, who do you have there? You're not wrong. <laughs> so I have <laughs> I have the commanders at the Eagles. <laughs> oh, this one is you going first. I was first on the, the Eagles the are favored team. by a whole touchdown. Who do you got, Alex? Oh, okay. I got the Eagles. I'm going the with the Commanders. I don't care what you say about your 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 Sam Howe. Give me the, Howe. Give me the damn seven. Eagles. 
I don't think this Eagles defense is great. And I think Washington can at least do something. I mean, they did beat them last year, I believe, if not mistaken. <laughs> it was the Brian Robinson game. Or a game in which he was okay to do that. Like, the, the stats... I, I, I remember that game because, like, the stats weren't anything to, ro- to write home about. But whenever he got the ball, he looked pretty good. So, But yeah, Commanders plus 7. I think they at least keep it close in a divisional game. Yeah. You know, I think you could be right on that too. So the next one Buccaneers at Saints. This is basically a pick 'em because they have the Saints favored by three points because it's home. Um I we don't know Derek Carr's status, so most I don't know man. That, give me the okay. give me the Bucks plus three. Dude. I don't know. <laughs> part part of me doesn't want to pick Baker, but part of me knows <laughs> that the Bucks defense probably has this in the bag. <laughs> give me the Saints. I'll take the Saints ministry. Uh-huh. Okay. I think my next Give game, we haven't talked about this one. It was three. up okay. for me here, but there's only two more morning games. So the Broncos at the Chicago Bears. The Bear, the Broncos are three-point favorites, and the over-under is 46. And, I mean, I've said it in the other show, in last week's show, I'm never picking the Bears, so give me Denver minus three. I think they at least have an offense that can score points. So, and and that's it's the, the problem. Team that at least scored Here's twenty the points. Conflicting part: which team that just got shellacked do you like better? The team that at least. You're not wrong. I think I'm going to have to agree with you. Until I see something from this Bears team that suggests to me they aren't the worst team in the NFL. Three points be damned. Give me the Broncos. I I believe it's it's you. I think there's only one more morning game here. So the next one is... Go ahead. Yes. So the next one is the L.A. Rams and the Indianapolis Colts, and it's basically a pick 'em with uh, L.A. or Indy being favored minus one. Who you got? Well, actually, it's I my think, pick I first. Mean, so tonight hmm. goes as I expect. I think this line is give me the damn three Rams. three and a half by the time the game kicks off next week or this week. No, the Rams. The Rams. So, in favor of the Colts, I kind of want to see the Rams as well. Okay, and I'm not sure if Anthony Richardson starts. Okay, uh, give me the Colts. Colts minus one. Mm-hmm. I, 
I have very little confidence in this pick, but I sort of have to go against you sometimes to try and make up ground, so... Okay. Yeah, because I can totally see this being like a complete letdown spot where the team is running off the <laughs> high from last week. This guy. And they just completely get destroyed by the Rams, so... Yeah. <laughs> And now the Las Vegas Raiders at the LA Chargers. Yeah, the I can Chargers see that too. That's why I picked the Raiders. Favorites. The over/under is forty-eight. That's a lot of points. And I mean, I'm picking five Las Vegas. I think Las eight. Vegas. Las Vegas plus five and a half. Is the pick. I think they at least keep this close. They won by four this week. Have and the they Chargers even since, so. like won a game by <laughs> five and a half prior, this so. season? Hello. Oh no. You might have to. Oh no. Am I gonna have to pick the damn Raiders? Oh. Oh no. Ah, <laughs> oh, this is so conflicting. Why are you doing this to my emotions? And then uh, I'll agree uh, with I you. Believe... Just because of the point spread, give me the damn Raiders. Yes. <laughs> oh no. Read me the lines. But you have to. Oh, I don't want to. The 49ers are favored by two whole touchdowns. 14 points against the Arizona Cardinals. I can't believe I'm saying this. But the fun. way the Cardinals have been playing, give me the damn Cardinals this is a really to, crazy to cover line. this this 14 spread. points. Could they really get shellac that even, bad? The even craziest part is that I'm taking San It's, just, it's ridiculous crazy line. 14 points? I think it gets bad, and it gets bad early. You're gonna you're you're counting for the shellacking. I think if it's an insane number, especially after the Cardinals the beat the Cowboys by twelve. But death. now they turn around. I mean, they aren't getting a lot of respect from the books, but it... yeah. I mean, okay, so let's be real. If it was if it's anything less than like they, eleven points, I'm probably impressive number for sure. So this is kind of what they had. Can you imagine if they do. shock the world again? <laughs> and to be frank, they're gonna they are they, I have yet to see them the so far not like perform well at the start of a game. I don't I gotta see it. 
I would I would for sure take them in the first half spread. Three and zero against spread. Because I have more confidence in them in the first half than to play like the full game close versus the the Niners. But yeah, I'm still taking the Niners here minus fourteen. And the last game here of the the afternoon slate is the Patriots at the Dallas Cowboys. The Patriots, no, the the Cowboys are seven point favorites. Over under is forty three and a half, and I'm picking the Patriots, and I'm picking the Patriots to upset the Cowboys. This is my upset alert for the week. I can see it. Your upset alert for the week. I gotta agree with you. Just the way that cowboy that Cowboys especially it's, it's versus really the, the Bill defense Belichick they have defense. to be given the credit to. That Cowboys offense is not playing seven point spread good. I'm sorry. Like Yeah. Exactly. Oh you're no, also that's on the seven New points England is Patriots too much. Even seven. if they lose, I don't think it's mm. by a touchdown. There's no well, way. We don't have the the There's Bengals no game, I believe, so far. Yeah, because yes. of the whole Joe Burrow incident, like injuries and so on. We should have oh, it tomorrow, no. so we will give out the prediction for that tomorrow. But right now we only have right. the Monday night football and the Sunday night football. Okay. Speaking of another ridiculous so They are favored for less than, the, than what they were versus the Bears. by nine and a half points against the New York Jets. This might... Yes. So, give me Kansas City to cover this. That, that's, that's, that's Part it. of me, Just give me Kansas wants City to, to cover say... This. That maybe the Jets have a chance here to cover this. Of course, not to win, but to at least back their cover this. But yeah, give me KC minus nine and a half. I mean, I think this defense just smothers Zach. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And finally, finally, the last game of the week, Monday Night Football, it's the Seattle Seahawks at the York Giants. The Giants are one and a half point favorites, and the over-under is 46 and a half. This is totally the game in which we, we looked pretty good last week. The Giants looked terrible, and then we turned around and lose to the Giants. I can totally see that happen. But, like, they probably won't ever work, at least, still. Give me the Hawks, plus one and a half, and we pray, because I'm totally expecting us to, to lose this by, like, a touchdown. I... I... <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. The, 
You don't seem to have DBs. Uh, well, I have a bad feeling okay about this because the Giants don't seem to have wide receivers. So I think we are about to get shellacked. I think they're winning this. I... I think so. I don't. It's just a Seattle game, dude. It's just a Seattle. I mean, you, you think you're about Giants to get shellacked last year? How? Why? How? And I mean, didn't oh. get completely shellacked, but yeah, I mean, oh wait. We didn't. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised because I thought we lost it by quite a bit, but apparently we won, and my mind is playing tricks on me. So I still think we are not winning this game, but I have to pick this. I mean, exactly. from all I've seen so far, <laughs> there's no chance we don't win this. But I just know in my heart towards that we probably lose this. But okay. So those are the games. For next week and that's the episode i believe oh we are not done okay i'm not we're not done with this episode first off we're almost done with the episode we are not done so since you are the creator the maker of the format the Holder of the list, if you would say, what content can the people be well, looking be look so far, forward to? We have talked for about future episodes the power rankings. The I think that's going to be an exciting podcast. thing that we can discuss week to week and update as it as the weeks goes on. Uh, after that, I mean, I'm not sure what the future holds right here. I just know that we have plenty of ideas for more content as the the weeks go along. I, I think something stats related could be quite fun as well. Stats of the week, for example, could be quite fun as well. Just discussing stats like first time, first time ever stats, for example, things like things of that nature. I think those curiosities all, are always pretty good. Okay. I think like a takeaways type of episodes could be coming as well. So instead of like being this dissected in terms of like matches and so on. Quick takeaways show in which we discuss basically the main takeaways around the league. It's probably what we should aim for as the as the, the show develops. After that, I mean, we have to think, as, as we talked about, I mean, this was something I basically mentioned to you 10 minutes before we, we went live. So we shall, we shall be discussing this more and more. And I mean, next week it's going to be an exciting new show. And we will Good. go from there. Okay, so I am actually excited for this because this allows me to think of, you know, new and different ways we can dissect, evaluate, or whatever words you want to use, an NFL game during the NFL season. So I am going to be thinking of different ways we can, or different segments we can do to make this yeah. I agree. That's, More fun that's during the basically why I mentioned I this. I thought it be... was quite repetitive. And, games, and at and one point, it basically you know I mean? would just be like same old, same old. And I think at this point in the NFL season, I mean, there's plenty to talk about. So there's really not a reason for us to be held to like the same type of content over and over again. And I think if we go through like the review of the games quicker 
in a takeaways type of show, for example, it allows us much more flexibility time-wise to not only make this a shorter episode for our listeners, but also make us basically like give us time to discuss more things inside the season and inside the week. And of course, I mean, I agree with the, the, the fantasy show will still be here, of course. So I'm looking forward to it for sure. Hopefully you are. Yeah. It will always be around. Of course. <laughs> Why wouldn't it be here? Yeah. It will always. <laughs> the fantasy show, I think, is going to be fun moving forward. Especially since we don't have to be um, limited to... um... Because that's what it felt like. It felt like we were limited to... That's exactly how I felt um, as well. Continuing to review the games, even though we already reviewed them, if that makes sense. Yeah, at one point, so, I think like I'm further down the line of the season, I, am, I think we should all also like I'm review so our stances so, on the teams, like look at the the records that we set for them initially and see how well they are doing. That's that's also a fun little thing that we might have, like mid-season review Ooh. of our expectations for the team and how well they're doing. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I could get on board with that for sure. So, for sure. So, I think that's I like I like where that basically went. So, if you got to this point, first off, thank you. Second off, sorry that the no reserves basketball edition didn't get <laughs> to get put out this week. Um, we do have different algorithms and things actually one of the things that uh ren was talking about before he had to cancel the basketball podcast was how actually our youtube videos are now being suggested by certain people so i think we're doing better with that in the algorithm we'll see how that goes moving forward but basically we're working on it I think we're improving. I have one breaking, one piece of breaking news to end the show. Is that Shobaro will play today? What do you got, Alex? (laughs) You are not thrilled about it, but yeah. Uh, Ian Rappaport is reporting that Shobaro is expected to play tonight. After a positive workout this morning, which was so. It was so positive that their head coach, like one hour ago, wasn't sure if he was going to play. I don't think that's a good idea. Yeah, I mean, just great, great training. It was so good that that Zach Taylor came out and said, hey, we're going to need more time to assess this. (laughs) You You might be, but I mean... If anyone oh, can probably no. do anything, even with a bum calf, we're about to set ourselves up Joe bad. Burrow. So, yeah, watch this be, be his legacy game. It is probably Joe Burrow, but does it have to be Joe Burrow on a wheelchair? 
<laughs> just full on bonanza. <laughs> what, he's just gonna go out there and demolish? No way. I don't There's well, no way. But yeah, that is the show. I mean, I just, as Angela said, thank but, you if you, you know, followed like along. Uh, I mean, we always like the reviews yeah. that you leave on the Spotify, the podcast app. Just be sure to leave as many reviews as you like there for every. Yeah, I mean, I I usually like to read those comments, so so leave those. Gives leave us those comments. five Alex star reviews, which helps the, the podcast grow and so on. Gives us more visibility to other people. I know you you want to keep us like for yourself, but don't be greedy. We we are here for plenty of people. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, just be sure to do all that, and yeah, hope you enjoyed don't. this one as well. Have a great one. Peace. I agree. See you guys.